Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Sofa Cinema Club, episode 19 of Series 3. I'm Colton Smith, and as always, I'm joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Beetlejuice. Ben Juice. Ben Juice. That's it, Ben Juice. And do you know what? I always forget to do that, don't I? I sound shocked when I do it. I made it up. Ben Juice. (laughs) The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other about films. It's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we pick a film for each other and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we love, hated and rated. Now the beauty of our film club is that anybody can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then come and join us every single Thursday. This week's film has been chosen by me for Jack and Ben and for you guys at home and it is the Tim Burton classic that is Beetlejuice. But before we get into talking about that, how's your week been? Have you noticed, by the way, whenever I introduce my film, I'm always like, it's a Tim Burton classic, or like, it's the classic. Yeah, we have noticed, Coulson. (laughs) What was the one you said? You said one. Mean Girls cult classic. That was it, cult classic. I thought, (laughs) A, cult, B, classic? And what's Beetlejuice then? What would that be? That's a cult classic. (laughs) It it kind of is, I guess. I said, I think I said the Tim Burton classic. Tim Burton classic. We built it up. Jack, how's your week? Um, Good. Had the kids at the weekend. We made a horror film. You did, you did. Yeah, I did. I, I, sent, it. I sent it you two, didn't I? Before you talk about sending us it, I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory, which I don't actually think you know. Oh. So it's Saturday, and I get a text on my phone, and it says Janet Shepherd. So I open it, and it says, just so you know, Jack's been making some films this weekend. They're really God. good, but he won't send you them. So send him a message, give him a prod so that he can send you them, and you can talk about what you loved, hated, and rated. Oh, my God. Oh, she's, my, she's, my big, she's my biggest fan. She <laughs> I just you. put in our group chat, what have you been doing, Jack? Making films, question mark. And then <laughs> sent Ben the text from your Yeah, because I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first one? That was like... The breathing one, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So they're like a little five-minute horror film. So I had them, and we were staying in my my sister's got this house. We were staying there, and we turned all the lights off, and we thought we'd make a film. She's got this app on her phone as Nyla, my daughter. It's basically like making a TikTok film, but it's not TikTok. It's like L- longer. Yeah. So I think you can record up to like ten minutes of footage. So all you have to do is just stop and start. The problem you've got is 
you can't mess up. So once you record a scene and you press stop, the next time you record, you have to accept that scene. You can't go Ooh, back. Ooh, that's pressure when you're getting so you close have, to nine So you have minutes. to rehearse, 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 rehearse. And then whatever you record, you get. That's Otherwise, if you want to go again, you have to delete the whole film. Because oh. you can do each one as an individual film little mini one and put it into iMovie on your phone. Yeah, I, don't, I won't mess about with that. One take wonder. That's one take the... How do the kids like it? Do they love oh, it? Oh, they loved it. Yeah, they loved it, yeah. So that's what we did at the weekend. Made horror films. That's very good. Coulson? Um, quiet for me. Um, bit of work, bit of running, bit of cycling. Oh, are you on the bike? With the pink helmet? Pink helmet, pink top. In fact, I've not told you. I've told Ben. I've shown Ben a picture. So, I go home for a bike ride and get get the bike out of the garage and my dad goes I've got some cycling tops you can lend because like you have to put your gels and your stuff in the back of the top what your hair gel <laughs> no your energy gels anyway, I've got two you can either have this one or this one one is chocolate M&M's the other is pucker pies <laughs> <laughs> so I am cycling all around Yorkshire in this pucker pies top. Now, you don't see that in the Tour de France, do you? That's ironic. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a pucker pie going at 40 miles an hour? It was. <laughs> He's fast, that lad. He's fast. Give him a pie. He's off. But something else happened. You got a PlayStation, didn't you? And you couldn't log on to the football, could you? Because <laughs> your email didn't work. So my, my FIFA was linked to my ITV email address, which I have not used for ages. Yeah. Which meant that I couldn't log on to FIFA. Yeah. So Ben went to work and announced to the bosses <laughs> that I needed my ITV email address to log on to my FIFA. <laughs> the vid- I know I know where you're going now. I've just clicked on. I've just clicked on. I was told, oh, yeah, we can sort it all out. But we shouldn't just give it to him straight away, should we? We should think of something he has to do to get it. You can't just give him his email, knowing how desperately he wanted this email. Mm. So he was asked to do a video (laughs) saying his name, who he was, and his name. (laughs) And he did it in the past. He went, hello, I'm Colson Smith. (laughs) But then I... I clicked after I'd done it, so proceeded to send the classic video with the bowl on my head and the spoon in my mouth saying, I'm yeah. Colson Smith. Too late. Too late. Yeah, I, too I late. Complete- I had you in the flat going, hello, begging, practically begging, begging. For, your, <laughs> for your FIFA for your FIFA login. Hello, I'm Colson Smith. You may recognise me from the Pucker Pies Tour de France. <laughs> no, when I came into work on Friday, they told me that, Ben, ben was in on the joke and that everyone enjoyed it. I had a whole thing. I had the next two, three videos. <laughs> I had the video next time you'd have to say your name and what department you're in <laughs> and what you do. Craig. <laughs> I'm Craig. I'm in the acting department. <laughs> oh, I had it all planned out. Anyway, well, that was a happy ending anyway. Got sorted. There is another exciting thing that happened, actually. Ben was at work and um, I ordered some weights, didn't I, Ben, for our home gym? A while ago. Yep, yep. And I get a phone call. I'm in the bath and I get a phone call from a number that I don't recognise. So I answer and I Did do... you answer? I, I never answer that. I do, I do the shepherd. I, if, my, if not, my anxiety kicks in. But I do the shepherd and I go, 
Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'll just get him for you. Hi, Colson. It's it's Brian, the concierge. And I went, oh, hi, you all right? He went, there's a man downstairs with a pallet for you. And I went, all right, I'll come down. So I get out the bath, go down, and there is a pallet load of weight. Me and Ben live on the seventh floor, and I had to get 180 kg of weight up to the seventh floor. Mm. Oh, and after the last debacle, the recycling debacle. Yeah. Ooh. Do you know what? Because they, they all love us because of how much of a debacle the recycling was. Everybody chipped in and helped. It was great. Oh, that's good. Did you walk them up the stairs, backpack? Um, use the service lift, but brilliant one for you. So the old delivery driver's going, yeah, yeah, you've got a goods lift, haven't you? I went, yeah, he went, I'll, I'll, I'll drive the forklift into your car park, put it in the goods lift. <laughs> what, he turned up on a forklift? <laughs> it must have taken him years to get there. Where are you coming from? Birmingham. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's hellish on that motorway. 15 miles an hour. So I went, oh, yeah, perfect, spot on, do that. So he, he's doing it, he, he gets the pallet on the forklift and he drives to the edge of the thing. And then he goes, fuck! <laughs> and I go... What? And he goes, well, you see this here? He goes, there should be an emergency stop button, but ours has come out. And once the circuit goes, if there's no emergency stop button, you can't make it work. So the pallet was stuck in between coming off the trailer and getting off to the ground floor and the forklift ran out, of, like basically ran out of battery. So what happened? So the forklift was stuck and the weights were stuck on the forklift. You had to just carry them off one by one. But how did he get the forklift out? He pushed it. <laughs> I tell you what, that's an even longer trip home. Poor lad. He's used up all the battery coming from Birmingham and now he's got to push it all the way back. Oh, see you later, Colson. Bye. See you next week. Don't order beep, anything else. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> They're not light as well, those forklifts. Not. They're not light. What about you, Ben? Anything? Uh, school's back. Oh, yeah. That was big. Did they want to go? Well, no. It's like anything, isn't it? Even when you're an adult, you're like, oh, I feel a bit funny about going, then you go. Mine weren't bothered for going, but they also were glad homeschooling had finished. It's hard. Not seeing your mates. And then, of course, we had the, you know, they've been going back for a while. Of course, you have the night before. Then you have, where are my school shoes? PE kit, the panic. The PE kick panic. Where's my hockey stick? Where's my tie? Uh, so Paloma had no shoes. <laughs> she went to school. She went to school in her mum's shoes. Uh, next bit, went with um, social distance walk with my mate. He's got three dogs. Two massive dogs. And his other dog, which is his daughter's dog. And his daughter's dog's name's Jelly. <laughs> the dog's called Jelly. It's a little spaniel. Star and Jelly. Star and Jelly. Can you imagine? Star, Jelly. <laughs> jelly. So my mate, Andy, who listens to the podcast, who loves it, calls it the poo cast, because he's always picking up horse poo when he's listening to us. <laughs> he loves it. And he, we went out for this walk and whatever. So anyway, we were looking like the other two dogs. Now, Star's everywhere. She's fine. She's four-wheel drive. She's fine. Whatever. Walking around. And then... Um, Suddenly, no jelly. And he goes, uh, jelly, jelly. <laughs> oh, no, no jelly. We've got three dogs, no jelly. And he's like, oh, we're going to have to retrace our steps. We've traced our steps. All we hear down the bank is, <laughs> jelly's down the bank. Now, Star runs down to see jelly and goes, come on. 
come back up. Jelly's going, I can't make that. Can't make it. My legs won't work. Too small. Too small. <laughs> so my mate goes, don't worry. I'll go and get Jelly. <laughs> so he has to do north face of the Eiger down. I've got his phone. I've got his car keys. Falls on his arse. Oh. Mud, mud all the way down. But the best bit, the best bit about the whole thing was, gets down there, Jelly suddenly realises he can climb the hill. Oh, no. Oh. Runs goes, off. Hold on. I've got four of these, haven't I? Hi, <laughs> 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 mate. Obviously, I've not got muddy at all. Yeah. I haven't helped at all. I barely, I don't even want to stick my hand out really to help him, poor guy. I've got no, but Jelly loved it. Absolutely loved it. One of the best laughs I've ever had. Jelly. So all dogs, you know, when they get sandwiches and people having a picnic, socially distant picnic, everyone's out, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so you get Starman and they go, they see our three dogs at the front. They see Starman they think, ooh, she's going to go for my sandwich. We get like that. Ooh, don't put the sandwiches away for those three. Jelly rolls up. <laughs> oh, so look at this little dog. What's she called? Jelly. Oh, Jelly. Don't let looks fool you. Jelly is just as keen as the other ones. But Jelly just pops around. Everyone loves her. She goes and says hello to everyone. And then it, when she gets lost, all you hear is my mate shouting, Jelly. <laughs> it's that in the park, isn't it? It's jelly. 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 Brilliant. So that was my week. That reminds me of a story um, that I found out last week. So my dad's been seeing the physio at home. What, like an, an affair? He's been having an affair. He's been having an affair in lockdown, which has been a bit more good. It's been over Zoom. <laughs> so <laughs> my dad's been seeing the physio purely for physiotherapy and for no other reason but my mum my said do you know how he got injured and I went no no and she went ask him and dad said he was running but the river had flooded so he's running and he slips and falls down the river bank <laughs> fell into the river and Whisper his dog who he runs with He's trying to pull him out of the river. So he said, someone was like walking along to ask if he's all right. As his dog's trying to pull him out of the river. What did the dog do? Pulled him out. Oh, really? (laughs) Full on. The Chesapeake Bay Retriever pulled the 55-year-old man out of the canal. (laughs) What? Mint. Shall we talk about Beetlejuice? Yep. Beetlejuice follows the couple of Adam and Barbara Maitland, who are a newly married couple, really happy, and they've moved into this new massive home in the country, and they're ready to start their life. They're really happy, and it's vacation time, but they've decided they're going to stay in their home, spend time together, and just enjoy themselves, really. However, they die in a car crash. They die, and they come back into the afterlife, but they find out for them, that the afterlife isn't quite as simple as they thought it was going to be. They're in their own house. But they can't get out of the house, they can't leave the house, but they're left with a book. And the book is the guide for the recently deceased. And basically that's their what to know for people who have just died. But they come up with the complications of being dead as a new family move in to their home and they want to kick them out. And the only way they can find to kick them out is to spook them out as ghosts and they fail. So they call in the help 
of the bio exorcist to get them removed from the house. How was that? <laughs> it's very good. Do you know what? It's fine. You've got it all in there. You've got where we needed to go. You've got the first bit. You've set up that they die, don't they? And I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. And then I watched it. Obviously, I watched it. And I was like, oh, great, mint. And it's amazing how quick it happens. Yes. It doesn't take you very long, does it? And you bang in. It's an hour and a half. You bang into the story straight off. Who did you watch it with? So actually, I've watched this twice within the last three or four months. This time I watched it on my own, but I watched it with the kids. What I try and do is probably a bit similar to Jack, I think, is take the kids through certain milestone films or certain films I think they'll like that they wouldn't get to see on a normal you know Beetlejuice is quite old for them relative in years terms a bit like the reason we started this podcast these are the films you should have seen and you won't if if I don't show you them so yeah Yeah. both kids watched it and do you know what actually was really interesting because it's stop motion isn't it Mm. most of it it's not CGI it's like a stop motion film is they really got into that a little bit like Fantastic Mr Fox they really understood the way they've made the film yeah they loved it so my kids first time around yeah loved it and then I watched it again just on my own just what you touched on then Ben about um, how you basically watched it with your kids because otherwise they'd have no other reason to watch it i'm fairly sure that's how i came around this film i'm sure it was my dad's like it's a classic it's one you've got to watch and you're not going to watch it yeah which is almost why i think i've picked it for the podcast because yeah it's one of those films that you should have seen but you haven't that i have a really fond memory and feeling of so yeah, so like we said, it starts off with this family, the Maitlands, newly married, and they do they, they die really quickly into the film, don't they? You don't it takes you a while to click that they're dead. You kind of find out as they find out, don't you? Mm. Because the car drives off a bridge and then the next thing you know, they're back in the house. And in the original script it was meant to be a lot worse than that. It was meant to be quite gory. Yeah. They sort of pa- they pass over it, don't they? But originally it was meant to be quite dark when they die. And I think the film was meant to have quite a dark and, you know, nasty feel. to It was meant to be a real horror, wasn't it? Yeah, like a kind of grim fairy tale, really. They changed the writer, didn't they? And it turned into, you know, what it turned into. And it was never meant to be a comedy. I think, you know, it was the, probably the casting of Michael Keaton that kind of did that to it. He's only in the movie for 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Mad, isn't it? Isn't that mad? Is it? Yeah, what an amazing performance. 17 minutes. And it's all you think about, really, in that film. And we know the riders very good. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's called Beetlejuice, isn't it? I mean, but yeah, I mean, you do think of him, that iconic sort of look in the black and white suit. It's, yeah. A lot of people often dress up like that for like Halloween, don't they? Usually go as Beetlejuice. And they added in that last scene where he's sat in the waiting room and his head shrinks. Yeah, they added that scene in because they said they hadn't seen enough of the character and they wanted it to end on him. And that's why I, I never knew this until like researching the film. But since like the day of release of Beetlejuice, there's been calls for Beetlejuice too, hasn't there? For ages, yeah. that much show where the the title is reserved by Tim Burton, so like nobody can steal it because they want so much. And I know that a script was written that got knocked back and that script was mental. It was basically Beetlejuice in Hawaii and the Maitlands, 
<laughs> literally, it, it's it's all there to be read. This first idea: the Maitlands buy a hotel in Hawaii, but it's haunted by the old like warriors of Hawaii, and they can't get rid of them, so they call Beetlejuice in. I wonder why that didn't take off. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't make it. We find out they're dead, as they find out, and they find this book, don't they? Which is ba- the guide for the recently deceased. Yeah. Deceased. It's a word that I probably can't say. Well, he can't. He says diseased in the film, doesn't he? <laughs> he says a book for the recently diseased. Oh, tumbleweed. I mean, he does. I he never does. liked it. It was an interesting <laughs> fact. But you, you set it up like it was an, an enormous fact. I think <laughs> no. he said diseased. Like I'm no, thinking, there's a joke in here somewhere. <laughs> I thought you were going to elaborate on it. So they start to read this book and they find out that they're dead and they're starting to learn what it's like to be a ghost. Whilst this is happening, a new family move into their home, don't they? Because they can't go outside the house, can they? No. No. They're trapped in the house. I did think about that. It's a bit like lockdown. They're in a kind of lockdown, aren't they? Can't go out the house. And if they do, they go into that really weird kind of sand netherworld, don't they? With all the mealworms that eat them. Tim Burton originally used to work for Disney and he worked in stop motion. He was an animator. That's where all that animation comes from that he puts inside the film. Ah. That Those were all his first films were animations and stop motions. That's what he was known for. He wasn't known for live action films. He was known for stop motion films. So Charles and Delia move into the house, don't they? And Charles is this big hotshot businessman from New York. You know, he's into property and he wants to restart this life in the country. But Delia, his wife, she wants something different. And it's actually a really clever way of them injecting that Tim Burton gothicness into the film, isn't it? Because at the moment, they're just in a standard house in the middle of Connecticut. But when she moves up from the city and she says she wants an interior designer to come around and she wants to decorate it, next thing you know, you are then in a Tim Burton film. Great part, Mm. the interior designer. I'd like to be him. Great part. He's my favourite. What's he called? Gotho or something. Otto, 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 Otto. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's good, and he makes it very dark, doesn't it? It all becomes a bit black and dark, looks completely different to what it looked like, and that's when you know they, they start to entertain guests, and their daughter catches on that there's a room that they've not got the key for, which is the attic, which is where the Maitlands are still living, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The model plays a big thing, doesn't it? That's brilliant, that model. I'd like to play with that. You've not got that in Lego, <laughs> have you? I've not got that in Lego. That actually keys right into you, Jack, in your new lockdown version of modelling, which we never knew you used to do. No. It's, it's right up there, isn't it? It's a village, and it's a working village. It's the town that he lives in. You could do Salford. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they basically realise that they want to get this new family out of their home, don't they? They go back to the handbook and they read it and they have that moment where it's draw a door. So they draw the door and then they're kind of into more of the afterlife, aren't they? And you see a little bit more going on. I really like that bit of the film. I thought it was great. 
that they go back and they go and they see that guy who's got run over. It's like the waiting room for the dead, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like trying to work out where they need to go. Do they go to hev- heaven? Do they go to hell? Yeah. And they've all got like a counsellor, haven't they? In, you know, in heaven sort of And thing. how each one of them died. And the guy got run over. Just always got gets me. I love that. What a great costume. Imagine you turned up in a, I got run over costume. It's like brilliant. <laughs> And yeah. he has that great line of, how do I look? And they say, you look great. And he goes, I'm feeling a bit flat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then slides through. You, you know, in the waiting room, you've got the magician's assistant that's been cut in half. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The legs of the assistant was actually Tim Burton's then girlfriend. Oh. So that was that was the job that he gave her in the film. Yeah, nice legs, to be fair. The last scene is Beetlejuice feeling her up. So imagine directing that. Crikey. Awkward. So they meet the counsellor, don't they? And she basically says, you've not finished the book. You need to finish the book and you need to get them out of your own way. She refused the job, the woman who played that counsellor. Did she? She's really famous. She refused to do it. <laughs> A lot of people did. Yeah. Michael Keaton refused it. Catherine O'Hara refused it. Oh, uh, really? Um, Alec Baldwin refused Everybody refused. Because if you think about it, you read that script and it's shit. It's only when you you get the artistic license the the vision of Tim Burton yeah 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 and yeah. you you believe what he can do that's a good point actually he really he's is he's the guy isn't he he's propelled Edward Scissorhands that yeah and he goes to I the, think to that's b- why the sequel's never been made because they did want to make the film they even got all the cast on board with making the sequel they got Michael Keaton agreed to do it uh, Winona Ryder agreed to do it uh, Catherine O'Hara they all agreed to do it except for Tim Burton he went off and he did Batman did Batman Returns so he wasn't interested in doing the sequel and up until 2015 Warner Brothers were still trying to make a sequel for Beetlejuice you think if they brought a sequel out now for Beetlejuice and Michael Keaton's revising his role and coming back to do Beetlejuice I'd watch it yeah yeah, and he had a resurgence, didn't he? Really, with Birdman and everything like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot of it for the reason why it does work as a film is because of him. Is because of him. We've not covered him, have we? On any series yet? No, I don't think. No, no, I don't think so. He's very, very famous for his style, isn't he? Yeah. That kind of gothic, well thought through, dark, but still drives the story at the same time. And I think. He obviously works in a very different way to most people. Like, I know that they did all the CGI, really, before the film started. So, you know the scene with the snake? Yeah. Yeah. They'd shot that before Michael Keaton was cast as Beetlejuice. So, then in CGI, they then had to make the snake look like Michael Uh, Keaton. Because they'd uh. shot it as just a scary snake, not a Beetlejuice-looking snake. So, you know, the amount of effort and thought that went into the film really was stunning. But I think they have got really lucky in this of Keaton and Beetlejuice just being excellent and Tim Burton's brain and then the rest of the characters really believing in it. It kind of has drove this story. Because even like Ben said, the woman who played the counsellor where we were before, she didn't want to do the part, but she was brilliant in it. Loved her costume with the slit throat. Yeah, smart. Very good. Neck. Very good. Well thought through, isn't it? That's number one. If you go around Halloween with that, yeah, 
What have you come out? That was brilliant. I could smoke out my... Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> you see everyone do that now, don't you, with like special effect makeup? Oh, yeah, of, they do. Like, they, they can do unbelievable stuff now. Like On Halloween, all the girls will have like skin peeling off and stuff. My mate did um, a film with uh, Tim Burton and he said that while they were filming it, he couldn't really get his head around it at all. He couldn't get his head around what, what it was going to be. Like, he's got a, such a style... And it's all in his head and he couldn't get mm. hold of it. And sometimes they were doing stuff and they think, oh, this is a bit over the top. This is a bit... Because, of course, there's nothing around you. No. It's all green screen or there's nothing there. And he goes, oh, well, it's going to be a bit like this and a bit like that. And you're thinking, I'm not sure, you know. And he said, then you see it and you're like, oh, wow. That, wow, that makes complete sense. It's, mm. it's always... He said, it's always a bit tweaked. It's always a bit larger than life. He's making you do things quite a big way but then he matches it when you see the whole product rather than yeah. he felt like oh god i could be a bit over the top here yeah he's going no 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 it's fine it's fine you wait once i put all of this in it must have been like that for beetlejuice because so much of it is that stop motion isn't it yeah that's one reason why keaton agreed to do it is because he said oh no you can you just do whatever you want and apparently 90 percent of his character is just ad-libbed he had no lines just Beetlejuice comes in, does a bit of a show, and then they end up doing this. That's all it was. So it was just him making shit up on the spot. God, he's very good. He's very good. So the counsellor says, I'm not helping you until you finish reading the rule book. You can spook them out yourself, you ghosts. Be imaginative. So they go back to the house and they kind of start to work out a way that they're going to spook them out, don't they? they do they mention Beetlejuice with her, though? They do, don't they? Yeah. She yeah. says, don't bloody touch him. So they've seen the trailer. You know, the the first shot of Beetlejuice is the newspaper, and he goes, I better give myself a job. Let's have a look. Oh, here's a new family. Let's look at them. And he kind of plays a trailer to it On him. the TV. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. your bio-exitist. If you need me, just say my name. Free time sort of thing. Yeah. 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 And you see that first bit of this eccentric, larger-than-life <laughs> character. I like how that scene ends, actually, because the TV goes off and it's just left on their reactions thinking, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Some random guy in a model town dressed as a cowboy going like this and then goes into like some saloon, some bar, doesn't it? And it goes, say it once, say it twice, three times a charm and it starts flashing up, doesn't it? It's mental, it's mental that it's just left on their reaction like, what? It just works. But the Maitlands doing anything that you would if you were recently deceased and you wanted to scare someone out, they go, let's possess them. How would you do that? Because she asks, don't you? Come on, I need to see. At one point in the film, she says, right, I need to see your scary shit. Not the run of the mill crappy scary. I need big scary. I think what they do in the beginning is really good. The old hanging in the wardrobe and the cutting of the head. I think all that's brilliant. The problem is they can't see it. Can't be seen. Yeah. So that's when they come up with the sheets, which... Sheets is crap. Right. Sheets is your base crap. So the way they decide to scare them out of the house is by possessing them and making them sing Deo whilst at the dinner table with all their guests. But it doesn't work. They're not scared and they want to confront the Maitlands. They want to see the ghosts that are living in their attic. I think they pass that off quite quickly. I'd be a bit scared. I'd be really freaked out. About being possessed. I'd be frightened. But that's a very clever bit in the film, isn't it? That's a very... It's, from a script point of view, very, very important. They're not frightened and they get excited. Yeah. And that's where the film 
which happens a lot in the film, it flips you into thinking, well, I can kind of see what's going to happen now. It's going to scare them. And they're not scared. They get excited by it and want to meet them. Yeah, because they think there's an opportunity to make money and have like an amusement park where there's paranormal activity and ghosts that live there. Charles, who's the big businessman from New York who's come for a break, the minute he decides he can make money, he's like, we're going to sell tickets, it's going to be a themed hotel, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And he kind of drills, drills in, where the Maitlands are like, no, that's not our idea. Our idea is we want you out of our house because you're destroying our home. So, in their panic, they do the only thing that anyone would do, Beetlejuice, 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 and he appears. But he appears in the model, doesn't he? So it's a really clever bit where I think all the stop motion kind of comes into play because you see them transported from the real world of being a ghost into being a ghost into that model. And that's where the grass and everything looks really cool. Yeah, I really like that bit. Where they dig him out. Yeah, they're digging up fake cardboard. Yeah. I think it's very clever. The size is to scale of your TV and life as what you're watching. Also looks just like Jack's Lego sort of thing in terms of what it is, doesn't it? You can tell that it's fake and the you can see that it's plastic. Yeah, they do that bit really well. He sort of mixes the stop-motion modelling and then with the real people. It's smart. And then they release Beetlejuice. And we meet him for, you know, the 10 minutes or so, whatever we meet him. And he's a bit of a creep, isn't he? He's a bit of a handful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he gets himself all over the place. And, I mean, you can imagine what a part for an actor. I mean, he's got to go for it, isn't he? Mm. For me, I, I think it, it's stunning the way he does it because you can tell that he's having fun with it, but it also it makes it believable that they shouldn't have done it, but it also makes it believable that you think he can help you and you're just interested as to what he's going to do next. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... When he comes into the film, it really does massively add something to it. And you kind of... I don't know if it's because there's only 14 minutes of him, but you want more and more and more. And he gets involved in the house, doesn't he? And he basically... That's when you first see him as a snake and he's trying to scare him out. And he scares the girl who the Maitlands have become friendly with. And that's when the Maitlands are like, oh, we've done a bad thing here. You know, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have let him out. This is bad. And they've basically worked out that you can kind of play Beetlejuice by saying his name and appearing from him and disappearing from him. Um, I really like that scene where they, like, banish him into the model and he calls out to him and he's like, yeah, you need my help now, don't you? And he's like, well, if you need me, you know where I'll be. And he just flicks right and it's the like afterlife strip club sort of thing and he's there having a great time loving life and it, it just it just you know captives everything that he he he's about and what he wants but also you can see how the Maitlands later in the film need his assistance so Charles and Delia have decided that now they've got ghosts in the house they're going to use it to their advantage and they're going to get some guests around so they get his Charles's big boss around, don't they? He flies in from New York, and they. And what's his face? Old um, Otto. Old yeah. What's it? Uh, what's the guy who does um, DIY? Not DIY service. Nick fame. Knowles. No, not Nick Knowles. Who's the other guy who's got the long hair? Lawrence L- Llewellyn. Lawrence Bowen. Llewellyn. Him. Yeah. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen gets the book, doesn't he? Yeah, he nicks it. Yeah, he nicks Otto, the yeah. book. Otto nicks the book, knowing that he can get them at any time. Get them. 
not back to life. What's he kind of do? They sort of like want to, yeah, bring them in so that the the living can see the dead, uh, don't they? They try and yeah. yeah. If they complete that process, they end up being a lost soul, don't they? And they've already seen the lost souls in the afterlife council room, so they basically know that. Yeah. He, in effect, is killing the ghosts again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Otto's studied the book, hasn't he? And they're at this dinner party, and their feature at the dinner party is, let's bring some ghosts to life. I mean, I've been to some dinner parties, and they might have had a pianist or something like that, but I've never had anyone lay out a wedding dress and a wedding suit on the table and do what they did. But Otto brings them, and they appear as ghosts, and you can see them, and... They're not really freaked out. They're more like amazed. I tell you, they're very cool and collected. I'd be a bit freaked out. Mm. And you really see the Tim Burtonness in the set. Tim Burtonness. I like that. It's a new word. Tim Burtonness. Tim Burtonness. You, you see that in the set in that scene, don't you? Because you see the kitchen, you see the diet, you see everything that they interior have designed, especially with her like shit models that she does to kind of get this <laughs> gothic feel. <laughs> <laughs> I like them shit models. She thinks they're good. That's what's funny. Yeah. So in the panic, the daughter goes, there's only one thing that I can do. And she runs upstairs to the room. She looks at the strip club and she sees him and he goes, listen, kid, I can help you out, but I need one thing. You say my name three times. I can say their lives, but I need you to marry me so I can live forever. Yeah. I mean, that bit, I'm a bit like, what? It is the only viable option for her, so she does it. And this is quite clever, because there's a nod to Batman and a nod to Nightmare Before Christmas, isn't there, in this scene? When he turns up, when he comes through the um, yeah. the floor. Because he's got yeah. the Batman logo on his head, and then the head is the character in Nightmare Before Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, it looks remarkably like it, yeah. So they they bring him out. Beetlejuice works his magic, saves their lives, kind of, but then proceeds to the wedding. With the guy who's doing the wedding that I love, that small guy, what is he? <laughs> Isn't he brilliant? It's like mad. Someone's Someone's got really weird stuff in their head and he comes out and goes... <laughs> yeah. and he, he, you can't understand what he's saying. And he's going to marry them both. Yeah. And the Maitlands realise this, don't they? They've got to say the name three times to put him back in the hole. And they've said it twice, haven't they? So he knows that third time's a charm, but he's starting to really use his power because he wants to get married so basically he can live forever and be out. And you've got the bit where he zips her and unzips her and bolts her mouth off and it's kind of... It is building up to the grand finale, isn't it? I can't remember who says it last. They don't say it. It's not. That big snake comes through the roof, doesn't it? Ah, the mealworm. Yeah, mealworm. Tapeworm eats him, doesn't it? Yeah. Out of nowhere. So, And then takes him down to that netherworld. Yeah. And then that, that that's that last scene that they added in. So they're back alive. The ghosts are back alive. Ghosts are back alive. Renoda Ryder is happy. She's at school. Weirdly, Charles and Delia move back to New York and leave their daughter to live with the ghosts? They don't. No, they they're don't. in the house. They live in the house with them. That's that's what I was trying to work out. Ghosts parent her, don't they? Because they don't really want to know. And they're basically those ghosts parent her and say, how was your maths quiz? How did you do at school? 
And she, those are the parents she always wanted, uh, except they're dead. Um, <laughs> but they're always in. They're always in. It goes back to that, like, what Jack touched on earlier of the Calypso Caribbean theme where it's jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock the body yeah. in time. Boom. It's just a mad film that, on paper, shouldn't work. Yeah. I don't know. Are we ready? That's the end of the film, isn't it? I think we should take a quick break before we go in with the ratings. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Last time that I'll be rating my film this series. Good film. Really enjoyed it. Found it easy, found it funny. Still laughed, probably laughed more than I did last time I watched it. Really appreciate the brain of Tim Burton, I think, which I don't think I would have ever done when I've watched it before. Like, obviously, seen different things in it. It's clever. Really like Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Think in terms of an actor, to portray that as a character must have been mint, and he does a great job of it. And, you know, it's one of them roles that I bet you know, like we said, it shouldn't have worked. So if you'd seen the script, you'd have gone absolutely no fucking chance. But now you've seen it, everyone would be like, oh, I'd love to play Beetlejuice. For me, straight to it, 8.5. Solid. Solid, Jack. I really like this film. I grew up with Beetlejuice. Came out year I was born, I think. 88. Uh, my kids love this film. It's a PG, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. It's one of, I think, six PGs that have the F-bomb in. So it shouldn't be a PG. Oh, really? It shouldn't be a PG. Nice fucking model when he says that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Fun fact of the film. Hello. Catherine O'Hara met her husband on this film, Bo Welch, who was the production designer, who designed like all of her shit models oh. and all the scenery and all that. And he fancied her on the film. And he told Tim Burton. Yeah. And Tim Burton says, towards the end of filming... Why don't you ask her out on a date? And it was never his place to speak to actors or actresses before. And he got shy and got embarrassed. But because Tim Burton, who was the director, gave him the go-ahead to speak to her, he did. And he asked her out on a date. And they're still happily married to this day. Oh, nice fact. It's worth an extra point, that, isn't it? In your ratings, I would suggest. Happy ending. Oh. Oh, easy. I think... No, I think... There's just so much that works with this film that, again, 
shouldn't. The makeup, Beetlejuice. Oscar. Oscar. The iconic look of Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton completely just making that part his own. That's the makeup won an Oscar, yeah? Yeah. I thought you were calling someone Oscar. <laughs> That's like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that shows you, you know, not big budget on that film. What, $15 million? Yeah. Not big budget. They took a risk with him. Risk with that director and he goes and bags. That's why he could go into Batman and all these big films, I think. It does so well. I'm going 8.1. Whoa! Point one. Point one, just because I want it to separate the eights, and I think it it just deserves to be in there. And I, I think, yeah, it should just it should just be different to just the films that just make the eight. It's a little bit more. It's a little bit extra. So you can have that from me. Eight point one. <laughs> Ben's thinking, what a load! What a load of shit. Tosh. <laughs> yeah, everything you've said, love it. The kids loved it. I think it's a brilliant film. Still stands up. Still very watchable. Brilliant performances. Uh, eight. That's got to be one of the highest ratings I've ever had, you know. 24.6. That's big. I'll take that. That's big. I'm happy with that for the end of my, my last yeah. pick in series yeah. three. So it's time for that time of the week. We all love, and we all love to sing Taking along Taking over to the nation. Jack's. Jack's Jam's hidden. Jam's of the week. What have you hidden? What have you? What have you hidden? <laughs> it's a doc. I'm sticking with docs, but I want to talk about this doc. I think you've seen it, Cole. So I'm not sure if you have, Ben. It's on Netflix, and the reason why I'm telling you about it is because it's about to be deleted from Netflix. And I only found this out. I rewatched it today, and I thought, do you know what? I know I've spoken about it before. It's called Operation Odessa. Now, how you spell that is Operation, O-D-E-S-S-A, I think. Just type in Operation on Netflix, it'll come up. And basically, if you like films such as like Scarface... Or playing GTA. (laughs) Or playing GTA, Grand Theft Auto. It's basically that, but real life. It's a documentary, centres around this main guy called, who calls himself Tarzan. Good name. Very good name. I might use that from now on. This is in Miami, 1990s. Okay, this guy is a Russian, a Russian guy who comes over to Miami, and he wants to try and basically be Tony Montana. I think I have seen. Have this. you seen it? I think you told me about it ages yeah. ago. Carry on. And it's the people he gets mixed up with. So there's everybody involved in this documentary, from the uh, Russian mafia. The Colombian cartel, the FBI, the DEA, everybody gets involved in this story and you've got you've got them in the documentary. So you've got the detectives who were involved in this Operation Odessa, which is to basically find and take down these drug lords that were overrunning in Miami. And this guy's got connections with all of them, with the Colombian cartel and the Russian mafia. And it's just, it's the mad stories that happened to this guy in the time of of the 90s when the Soviet Union came down and he was able to buy a helicopter and buy a submarine and sell to the Colombian cartel. It is mental. It's crazy. And it shows you it all. And you can't help but love Tarzan. He's a lovable, lovable guy. He's very funny. 
and you end up rooting for him in a way. Watch it. It's very... And like I said, it's only available until the end of March. It's a Netflix doc, 90 minutes. Uh, I think you'll be very, very impressed. Jack's hidden chair. Um, oh, no, you've done two lots of singing. Hold on. It's got a bit far there. So okay. what you've hidden today, this week, is Operation Odessa. That's it, yeah. I like it. Very good. good. Speaking of watching next week, <laughs> Ben... What what am I tasked with this week? Reviews, reviews, reviews. Don't try and like, that's shitty, Coulson. Because you haven't got a section of the podcast. You tried to pass <laughs> over my review section, which has gone equally as well as Jack's hidden roof. gems. We've had loads of reviews, um, and we've. Do you know what? We had our first email. Woo! Ah, old school, old school carrier <laughs> pigeon. Hi, lads. Good start. Today I had to take a road trip to my dad's due to an upcoming heart surgery he'll be having. I'm in Canada, so our road trips are long ones. What normally takes five hours turned into six and a half hours due to the blizzard. Crikey. I listened to your podcast the entire time. Everything from train spotting to Evan Brockovich to planes, trains and automobiles. Listening to you helped keep my stress in check while navigating horrible driving conditions on my own. Thanks for helping me through it. By the way, Ben is brilliant. Oh. And Natalie should always do the synopsis. Isn't that nice? Tammy sent that. That's all right. I thought that was really nice. But a six-hour stint of Sofa Cinema Club. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> we can't even do more than three hours of each other until we need a break. Um, Jessica Louise absolutely loved this podcast. She's gone five. I've noticed everyone's gone five now. No one dares do the four. In case they get shouted out. They're just looking for a reaction from you. I think that's the only reason they do the four. Oh. Do you know what? I'm colour blind and it's red against the grey and I can't <laughs> always see. I'd love it if they were all like one star and then we've got another five star. Yeah, and I just think they're five. Best One of the best ones I've seen for a long, long time is Rye Boy Rye who just goes, Benny's brilliant, that's the title, five stars. Then the review is, Benny's brilliant. Ah, just again, in case you didn't know. Ah, really love the podcast, guys. Late to the show, but working on previous shows too. This is Rambo548. He's still fighting that He loves films. Helps me get through work and makes me laugh. Coulson's choices are horrendous. Glad Jack and Ben can improve this, hopefully. Very good. Five stars. Bloody hell, Rambo. Yes. Uh, horrendous. Absolutely love the podcast. Jessica Louise. Great range of films discussed and some of I haven't seen, so it makes me watch them. I do feel I need to stick up for Coulson sometimes and back his choice of films as we have very similar taste. Always funny. Ben's laugh is infectious. I've had many funny looks and messages from people I know who've seen me walking my dog, laughing my head off and smiling to myself with jelly. Comedy Gold, <laughs> highly recommend a listen. No, no, Ben's brilliant. Just Ben's laugh's infectious, but we'll let that slide. I didn't get a mention. Though. I got this one pointed out to me um, at work this week. So it's from True Ginger, and it says, I don't really like films, but I love this podcast, and I'm getting a film <laughs> education without even having to watch any. The boys' friendship shine through even when Coulson's films get a roasting. It is very funny, entertaining, and definitely educational in a podcast. Ben is pants. And that's from oh. Sally and Matthews. 
Oh, I see. Benny's pants. There's quite a, there's a few calls for mugs as well in the reviews. How's the mugs? How's the merchandise What's going, going on? I've had Bezos on the phone. I had a big meeting last week. <laughs> mugs are happening, boys. Is that it? Is that... Is that it? I can tell you more. I don't want to tease too much until we've got the product in hand. Oh, okay. Because they might be shit. We might look at them and go, they, <laughs> they might. They might not have no handle. But I can tell you now. <laughs> and the other thing I don't want to do is I don't want to put a time limit on it. Because I'm, I'm half tempted to say, I reckon the last episode of this series in two weeks' time. Well, you've said it now. You've said it. Also. Well, <laughs> shall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to set myself Even a goal. Even if we don't have them. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wipe mug out the cupboard and pretend it's that. <laughs> no one will know. I'll go, hey, here the mugs. And so, cover it up. They're on their way. And I tell you what, they don't have to keep a tea warm, these mugs. These are the proper job. What am I watching next week? Next week, you're watching an absolute banging classic. We had to come up with something very... I don't think you have seen it. Big film. It's our last pick. Fatal Attraction. Never heard of it. Perfect. It sounds like spaceshipy. It is. <laughs> it's it is. It's set on a spaceship. Which bit of Fatal Attraction sounds spaceshipy? It, it sounds like a shit PS3 game is what it sounds like. That's good. It is. It's set on a spaceship. It's about um uh, a ghost that's on a spaceship that's, that's attracted to all the people who live on there and it's a fatal attraction because when he kisses them, he eats them. You'll love it. I'm glad you don't know anything about it, Coulson. That's good. I think good. I like it, yeah? Have you ever heard the term bunny boiler? Yeah. Came from this film. Okay. Well, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can do on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Sofa Cinema Club. As Ben touched on earlier, make sure you keep leaving us them reviews so that we can read them out. We are coming to the end of Series 3, which is really quite mad. You know, we're well over 60 eps now in our Sofa Cinema Club lifetime. But just remember, the last episode of this series is going to be chosen by you guys. So head over to our Twitter and our Instagram where you can suggest a film for us to watch in the finale of season three. Until then, good night, good luck. Bye bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.